Glad. Okay. Okay. I'm ready. I'm ready. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another conversation with Jason and Justin. Today, we are joined by the lovely Deborah Lamb. Deborah, how are you doing today? Hi, guys. I'm good. How are you? Thanks for having me on your show. Uh, we appreciate it. I'm glad we could finally, you know, get the schedules to align on both of our ends and talk to each other. But before we get into the bulk of your career, I have a few of the uncredited stuff that I want to ask you about, just because I'm oh. really big fans of these movies. And you had a small role in Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. I did. Did you by any chance have any interactions with John Candy? Huh. Oh, yeah. Oh, I did. Yes. <laughs> so I was hired to come on as a, a, as a dancer in this scene uh, towards the end of the film where it's after their car uh, catches on fire. And so, you know, they, they wander into this strip club. So there's a bunch of dancers in there and I'm one of the dancers inside. And, um, and then Steve Martin goes to use the phone because throughout the whole film, he's trying to get home. So he's trying to get a hold of his family. And uh, so meanwhile, John Candy stumbles upon me. And um, it, it was really cool because uh, I wasn't originally um, given the part of someone who's interacting with both Steve Martin and John Candy, but while we were there on set, John Hughes needed someone to improvise a scene with them, and I volunteered, and I and I piped up and said, hey, you know, I'm part of an improv comedy troupe. Um, I was a member of the Wild Side Theater in North Hollywood. Uh, with uh, I have to give a shout out to Sam Longoria, who was the director there. And um, so, yeah, so John uh, chose me out of the dancers that were there to do this scene with uh, John Candy and Sir Steve Martin. So John Candy comes up to me and, you know, in his uh, classic John Candy way is kind of bumbling, stumbling, you know, talking funny over himself. And and then I start, I start doing it too. So uh, we're both having this really super, super silly conversation. And then Steve Martin walks up and he sees uh, uh, John Candy talking to me. So he walks up and and then I start uh, talking to Steve Martin and his character is very, uh, you know, very stiff and reserved. So I start making fun of him and, uh, and then he uh, yanks John Candy out of there. Now, the thing is, is uh, I went to, I have a hair on my face, hang on <laughs> there. Okay, I think I got it, um, is, I was invited to go to a um, private screening on the Paramount lot. And when I walked up to the door to enter, they were handing out these one sheets. So it had the cast and crew's name on there. And my name was on it. So I thought, oh, cool. I didn't get cut out of the film because you know, I was thinking, oh, gee, I hope I didn't get cut out. So I'm like, oh, yeah, I didn't get cut out. So then I went to sit down. Of course, I've told this story many times, but there's a catch at the end of the story. There's something new, a new development. So hang on. So I sit down and there's an editor sitting behind me and he recognized me and he says, oh my gosh, you're that girl in that scene. That was so funny. He said, oh my God, you were so funny. It was a hilarious.
head. I think maybe, okay, I'm there. The internet looked like it might have gone out. Okay. So anyway, um, so while I was on set, after we did the scene, there was a literal, literally everybody just roared with laughter. I, I'm not kidding. John Hughes was busting up. Everyone was busting up. So, um, so the editor behind me said, oh, my God, that scene was so funny. And uh, so we watched the film and... And then afterward, my the, where my scene would have been would have been toward the end of the film. So where the scene would have been came and went. And I was like, hmm. And so after the film ended, it was like, oh, okay. There was no scene. What happened? <laughs> and then the editor behind me said, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. I, I really, I thought you were in it. You were in it when I was working on it. He said he was felt really bad for me. Mm. So, you know, all these years I've told this story is, yeah, I was in it. And I did this great scene with John Candy and Steve Martin. It was so funny, but it got cut out. Well, uh, in the last, I think it's like a year and a half ago, I worked with the director named Michelle Nesk. And she said that she saw me in it. And I'm like, what? How, how could you see me in it? I got cut out. She says, no, I saw your scene. I swear to God, I saw your scene. And I have it, a copy, a VHS copy of it somewhere. Huh. I'm like, really? So anyway, uh, some time went by and I contacted her and I, again and I said, hey, uh, can you find that VHS copy of Planes, Trains, and Automobiles that you have? So what happened was the VHS copy that she had was stored in a basement, I think, and there was a flood and it was destroyed. So I talked to her not that long ago, a few months ago, and I said, where did you take that? So it turns out she had been staying with somebody in Canada and she taped, she loves planes, trains, and automobiles. So she taped it off the TV in Canada. And I'm like, oh, okay, that's very interesting. Now what's really funny is a few months back, and, and I'm gonna kill myself because I can't remember the fan of mine who reached out to me, he sent me a private message and he said, oh, I just, I didn't know you were in planes, trains and automobiles, you were great. And I'm like, what? I, I'm like, what, did you see it? And so it turns out he lives in Canada and he saw me on TV. So apparently I am in the film in the Canadian version and I'm thinking, okay, well, if it's in the Canadian version, it's probably probably in uh, uh, maybe some European versions too. Because the thing is, is I'm topless in the scene. Mm -hmm. And it's a family film and it's a Thanksgiving holiday film. So I can understand why they cut it out uh, for the American audience. Mm -hmm. It's, it's out there. I have two <laughs> confirmed sightings on Canadian television. It's out there. That is awesome. Is John Candy um, awesome in person? He's one of my yeah. favorite comedic actors. There's Jim Carrey and then there's John Candy. We actually have John Candy's son coming on next week to talk about his career. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, uh, I didn't know he was an actor. What's his yeah. name? His name's Chris Candy. He's also got a daughter who I've reached out to. And they're both uh, in show business. Oh, I didn't know that. Like, I well, idolized John Candy growing up. I cried the day he died. You know, I was very, 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 very sad myself. Um, 
He is exactly how you imagine him to be. He is exactly how he is in his films. He's the nicest, sweetest, kindest, just most gentle, laughing, funny guy. And um, he was just so nice to everybody. And I, you know, I got lucky with getting that scene, um, being given that scene with, with John Candy and Steve Martin. I was, I just lucked out, you know. I wasn't supposed to be doing that uh, originally, but he was so nice to me. He was so sweet. Um, I This is before cell phones, and I really, really needed to make a phone call. And he offered to allow me to come into his personal trailer and use his phone. And I couldn't believe it. It's so sweet. Oh, and then, um, oh, you know what? Let me run and get something. It'll just take me a second. It's it's a little surprise. I got to show you. All right, Justin and I will talk. Uh, Justin, so <laughs> I'm thinking um, after this, we can go into the improv a little bit because I didn't know about that. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. That's fascinating to go from improv comedy to horror because that's what she's most known for. So. Mm -hmm. more to come everybody that's watching this is going to be super exciting i can't wait to see what she's got to show us i can't wait to see if she has any david lynch stories from wild at heart oh yeah i got stories <laughs> so um okay so here now you know um john candy's uh character in planes trans automobiles he's the shower curtain sale shower curtain ring salesman so he so when i was in his trailer he gave me a gift. He gave me a prop that they didn't, they, it wasn't in the actual film. They didn't show it in the film. But this is how I originally got onto planes, trains, and automobiles or got involved because I was hired as a model for his character. His name, Dello Griffith. His character had, they had a calendar made up for the character. It's a shower curtain ring calendar. So here it is. <laughs> and he gave it to me and then he signed it for me. And then Steve Martin came into his trailer. So I, you know, uh, said hello to Steve Martin again. And uh, Steve Martin signed it. And apparently St Steve Martin does not autograph anything. So I really lucked out. Yeah. Now, I, I really wish I had taken better care of this, but here's the calendar. Um, here. That's sweet. So there's, I is it backwards? No, it's no, you read it. You're good. You're good. So I'm trying to center it. I'm, oh, there we go. Okay, so here's the calendar. And then um, here's, I have to see. Oh, they signed it on my month. So I got to find me. So I miss September. Oh, here we are. So I miss September. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and then here it's a little bit faded. I don't know. Can you see it? Yeah, it's totally faded. You can see the, the writing, though. You can see the definitely there's writing there. Yeah, I've got it. Well. Oh, here we go. There, that's, better. that's better. Yeah, that's better. Yep. So let's see. So John Candy wrote, Debbie, thanks for the acting lessons. <laughs> Love and thanks. John Candy, a.k.a. Dell. And then Steve Martin wrote to Debbie, you're a terrific dancer and actress, Steve Martin. That's sweet. So, yeah. Isn't that nice? Yeah, so, that's amazing. You know, a lot, of, 
I've told this story um, about doing the film many times, but um, you know, I don't always have quick access right. to the right. calendar. So I've only shown uh, a few people the calendar, you know, so anyway, there it is. Cool. That, that is amazing. I want to go back a little bit to your improv days. Cause I didn't know about that. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh -huh. Cause I I've been thinking about taking improv classes myself. Cause I think it will help with this podcasting. Uh -huh. I, I just want to hear about your time in, doing improv. Where did you do uh it at? Yeah, I, you know, back in the day, I don't know, I, how old are you guys? You're a little younger than I am. 31. <laughs> I'm trying to get a better look. At <laughs> so back in the day, you know, before the wheel, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. there used to, you know, there was drama log. So back before computers and before the internet, there was drama log on actual paper. And you would, you know, go down to the bookstore or wherever and buy your weekly drama log and look through it and there was a little ad in there for um an improv comedy theater and called the wise wild side theater so i went and i auditioned and i got in i was accepted and i had never done improv before that and this is um i guess mid to late 80s yeah mm -hmm. mid yeah somewhere between 85 and 90 mm -hmm. uh 1990 somewhere in there. And yeah, I was there for a couple years and it was a great troupe. I learned a lot. Um, what was your question? You were thinking about going into it and what was the question? I just wanted to he hear if you had any fun stories about it and where, where did you do the improv? Yep, it was, uh, I, I do believe it was North Hollywood. It was at the Wild Side Theater, uh, Sam, Longo Sam Longoria, who has a prolific career himself, uh, he was the director of it. And oh my God, these people, and my friend Daniel Kraus was there. That's how I met my friend. I have a lifelong friend, Daniel Kraus. We're really good, close friends now. He's an actor and, um, you know, he was at the improv uh, at the Wild Side Theater. So Sam Longoria and Daniel, uh, and there were, few other people that were just so incredibly witty. I mean, they were just like geniuses, the things that they would think of just at the snap of their finger. And we, of course, we had uh, rehearsals. I don't, I think maybe it was just once a week, maybe it was twice a week. And then, um, then we performed for a live audience on Friday and Saturdays. So, you know, and then we, people would shout things sure. out and, and, not it wasn't all just shouting out stuff. It was different types of skits, but uh, there was a lot of you know people shouting out stuff, and you would have to think on your feet, you know, really fast. And I learned I learned so much uh, being there for the time that I was there. So yeah, I mean, and for any actor, for all actors, um, comedians, of course, <laughs> it, you know, improv doing improv is is a really good exercise and good training ground. But for actors, it's also a very good training ground because you really have to think on your feet. So did I answer your question? Yeah, more or less. <laughs> That's exactly what I wanted, just to hear a little bit more about it. I, I would encourage you, I would encourage you to do the improv. If you get a chance and you have a place that that you can go do that and be a member of. And it, and, and I, you know, had 
lifelong friendships from that group. That's crazy that I'm thinking about Great improv because I used to, I was before this podcast I was so socially awkward. I'm not oh. anymore, and mm. to think about me wanting to do improv is just crazy. But um, I got one more of your uh, uncredited roles that I want to talk to you about, and then we can get into what you're known for, which is horror. But um, I got to ask: you were in a David Lynch movie. Did you get mm -hmm. to meet David Lynch? Oh yes, yes, it was wonderful. He was. Uh... You know, he was like, um, I didn't have really much interaction with him, um, but uh, I did get to meet him. But, you know, I mean, he was there. But, um, um, yeah, I can't, I don't have any, like, really funny stories about him because it was really much more, um, you know, I was kind of in the background, so I wasn't one of the principal players, so I didn't have a lot of interaction. I was just back there doing my thing. I was hired as a fire eater. So I, so if you watch the film Wild at Heart, you'll see me in the background, and I'm performing during this scene with the, oh, I know his name, uh, the actor. Oh, I can't think of it right now, but he's an older gentleman. I think he's passed away since then. But um, Harry Dean Stanton? No, older than that. He's the older gentleman at the dining room table during the dinner where Grace Zabrinsky comes in and um, they're talking about, I think they're talking about getting rid of Nicolas Cage's character. So she comes in, she's talking to the older guy. He's He's flanked on both sides by two pretty girls who are topless. And during that whole, and it was at a big, long dining room table. So during that whole uh, scene, I'm in the background um, dancing and there's a band. There's a uh, little jazz band that's playing back there. Mm -hmm. And so I'm dancing around doing fire eating. So at the end of that scene, though, it, this is kind of cool. At the end of the scene, they had me spit fire. So it's a big ball of fire right at the end of that scene. So the scene is punctuated with a big fire spit and a whoop. They put in this sound effect of like whoop. So it was kind of cool. But I'm on RoboCop, which, uh, which I also unfortunately got cut out of. But I did work a little more closely with Paul Verhoeven on RoboCop because uh, you know the guy who says, I'd buy that for a dollar? Yeah. Mm -hmm. yep. Okay. So in the actual film, they ended up showing just the same commercial over and over where he'd be like, I'd buy that for a dollar. And he has the, you know, the, the pretty ladies in it. So, um, but they actually filmed uh, a few of those commercials. So I was in one of the commercials. So the commercial I was in was the setting was a pizzeria. So myself and this other girl um, were were there and we're topless <laughs> and we're pounding pizza dough with our fists. So we have we have these pizza dough balls and we're pounding them yeah. and you know things are jiggling. <laughs> And uh, so during the, and then meanwhile, that crazy guy is saying something, something, something. I buy that for a dollar. <laughs> so during one of the uh, setups, I think they were changing lights. They were just moving the camera, something. 
So there was a little break and we're just, you know, standing there waiting, you know, uh, for them to have us do our thing again. So during that little break, um, there were these pizza dough balls. So I made these little balls and I'm juggling at the time I could juggle. um, I'm juggling these pizza dough balls. So Paul Verhoeven sees me and he looks over and he goes, oh, yeah, I like that. Do that. So in the commercial, I'm juggling pizza dough balls. Now that one that you can see that commercial in the in the deleted scenes in the Blu-ray. I think it's a it's a, the edition where you have the Blu-ray and the regular DVD gotcha. yep. for Robocop. Okay. So if you if you have that edition, you can go to the um, or maybe it's just in the Blu-ray one. I'm, I'm not sure, but you can go to the deleted scenes and you can see the commercial. Cool, that's fun. Yeah. So, so you mentioned fire eating, and I looked through your IMDb. You've done a lot of fire eater stuff. Do you know how to fire eat? Like, how did you learn how to do that? Like, is that a a skill set you've acquired over the course of movies or before movies? Oh, I I knew how to do that before. Um, well, it was kind of around the same time. So I was pursuing an acting career. Meanwhile, I was doing dancing and, uh, you know, because I took ballet when I was a kid. Sure. So I, I had, uh, I was a ballet dancer, ballet dancer from the time I was um, 7 to 14. I was a member of the Portland, Oregon Ballet Company. Oh, cool. Yes. And so I had seven years of ballet. And then my mother moved us uh, from Portland, Oregon to Los Angeles. And I was still like 14 or 15. So um, and then I was just taking dance like in high school. Uh, and I was I was always taking dance, you know, since I was little and sure. drama, you know, in high school, I was taking dance and drama and doing musicals and things like that. So after I left high school, I knew I wanted to pursue an acting career. So um, I was dancing, I did some modeling and I was dancing in music videos and my, I think it was sometime when I was around 19, I had this girlfriend who was, um, who had been a magician's assistant for this well-known magician. His name was William Wizard and he was a member of the Magic Castle. He performed there all the time and she did. She was his assistant. So he did a lot of like pyrotechnic type uh, uh, magic acts or magic uh, tricks. So she knew how to fire eat. So she taught me how to fire eat. And um, she's remarried now, but at the time, the husband that she had uh, did a lot of carpentry type of work. So he made me fire eating sticks. And so because she taught me how to fire eat, I was, I started fire eating and all these things like music, um, music videos and, um, you know, films when I was, I was just starting out in films and I, I did fire eating in the first few films that I was in. I, a lot of them, I did fire eating like, you know, Wild at Heart Mm -hmm. and a Point Break. You can see me in Point Break. Oh, if, for all the people looking for me in Point Break, so it's the scene where Keanu Reeves brings Lori Petty to the party at Patrick Swayze's house, and just right when they walk in the door, you'll see a blonde girl, that's me, you'll see a blonde girl spit fire, like, right in front of them, and they're like, whoa! And um, so, with blonde curly hair, but that's me. 
And that was really fun because then I got to chat with uh, Keanu Reeves and Lori Petty, and you know they were really nice. That's awesome. I've heard nothing but good things about Keanu. Yeah. Your your career is fascinating so far. Thank you. <laughs> but <laughs> how do you how do you you go from a comedy background with the improv? So what what made you transition or go into horror? Is it something that just fell in your lap, or were you always into horror films? No, it's just kind of fell in my lap. So. As I said, you know, when I was I was younger and um, well, a lot younger actually, because <laughs> I've been in, you know, I've I've had uh, an I've been in a professional actress since the '80s. So when I was first starting out, um, I just I don't even know how it happened, but somehow I was. I think it's because I worked with one director, and so they recommended. Oh, I remember now. Ross Hagen is a, a well-known director from the '80s, and he's passed away, unfortunately, now. So, but he he did some fabulous films back then. Uh, the one film that I was in with him was Born, but the, it's B period, O period, R period, N period, standing for. Body Organ Replacement Network, which I starred in with PJ Souls and um, Rust Hamblin, for those who know Rust Hamblin from West Side Story and a lot of other films, of course. And um, let's see who else was in that. Oh, uh, oh gosh, the bad guy. He's, oh man, he had such an amazing career. I think it's. So, oh, okay. I'm, I'm having a brain fart. Anyway, look it up on IMDb. <laughs> but uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of people in that film. Yeah, yeah. So, oh, oh, and the one who played Miss Kitty. What's her name? Oh, What's her cool. Name? <laughs> yeah. It's from, from uh, Gunsmoke. Oh, you guys, I need help. I'm I'm whispering <laughs> over to my husband. Help. He's no help at all. But anyway. Neither are we, so we're in the same boat as your husband right now. Yeah. So, so, um, but I think because of Ross Hagen, uh, then Fred Olin Ray found out about me. So I was recommended to Fred Olin Ray. And then I worked with Fred Olin Ray. The first film I worked with him was um, Warlords, that, uh, which starred David Carradine and Sid Haig. Yeah, and a lot of other people too, Don Wildsmith and and uh, Michelle Bauer. So me and Michelle Bauer were these uh, girls running for our lives from toxic waste mutant bad guys. I don't know what they were, but <laughs> they were after us. So uh, we get caught, and I get sold into Sid Haig's harem. <laughs> then uh, then uh, Fredo and Ray uh, had me come back to do Beverly Hills. Bam, which is uh, I have a lot of a lot of people who just love Beverly Hills Vamp, um, and that one stars Eddie Deason and uh, Tim Conway um, Jr. and uh, let's see who else. Oh, Rit Eklund, hmm. who is who's a goddess from the seventies. Uh, and, you know, I think she, I think she started her film career in the sixties, but she was uh, going strong through the seventies and an eighties. And um, she's a huge star. And um, yeah. So I, uh, so then I started working with Fred Olin Ray. And so these, these people were doing 
Um, a lot of, they weren't just horror directors. I mean, Fred Olin Ray has, he's, oh, now he's so big in the Hallmark films. It's incredible. Um, but uh, yeah, he did a lot of like horror comedies and, uh, you know, some just straight horror, but a lot of it was horror comedy and action films. He worked with a lot of really, really big action stars uh, during the 80s and 90s. So he, he did all sorts of films. And because um, Warlords is more like a post-apocalyptic action film. It's not horror. Um, so yeah, I just fell into that. And then, and then I did do some straight horror, but a lot of it was, it was a mishmash. It was comedy, horror comedy, sci-fi, you know, all sorts of different things. Nice. I got to ask you about one that you did. It looks like this year. It's called Mother. It's uh, oh. about Norman Bates and his mom. Yeah. Did you watch it? I have not seen it yet. I was about to ask you where I can find it and what your experience was like playing such an iconic role. Well, you you have to find it. Um, it's in my it's on my playlist. Like if you go to my YouTube channel, Jabber Lamb. Okay. And you look at the playlist that says short films, it's in there. The director's name is Chris R. And he's going to kill me because I say his name wrong every time. <laughs> it's I, I pronounce it notarily. It's, that's not how you pronounce it. I'm like way off. <laughs> but, but you spell his name. His name is Chris R. And then his last name is spelled N-O-T-I-R-I-L-E. Wait, is that it? N-A-N-O-T-A-R-I-L-E. You were super close. You're, you're off by one letter. You're Did off. you find it? Yeah. <laughs> How do you spell his last name? Uh, it's N-O-T-A-R-I-L-E. You're off by one yes. letter. You were super yes. close. Yes. Yeah. So look up his name on YouTube and type in Mother. It's on It's on there. Just scroll down his uploads. Okay. And you'll find Mother. And then um, I can also send you guys the link to Mother. Well, you'll find it and put it in the um, in the, uh, the thingy for this, yeah. in this I interview. Have, I have put found some really good movies on YouTube. Uh, somebody recently released a sequel to Friday the 13th that was done really, really well, and it was on YouTube. Oh, oh. And oh you mean like a fan film? Yeah, but it was more. Oh. it was a higher budget than that. Oh, now Mother, the, the film that I'm in, Mother, actually uh, recently won a Best Female Performance Award for it uh, in the um, Without Your Head, Without Your Head, Severed Limbs Film Festival, uh, which they had, oh, it was like during the summer. So, uh, and I Debbie Rashawn, <laughs> Debbie Rashawn presented me with the award, virtually, of course. Yeah. I, I have heard a lot about this movie, Mother, and I. You like, have? Yeah, I, I I'm in a lot of horror fan things on Facebook, and everybody's oh, been good. talking it up, saying it was really good. And uh, Norman Bates is one of my favorite characters in movies. So. Thank you, and it's the 60th year anniversary this year. I know they just released an unedited cut of Psycho, which I'm really excited to oh, check out. Oh, did they? Yeah. Well, Mother, I, I'm so pleased with how it came out. And I, I mean, I was sweating it, you guys, because Mother Psycho is an iconic film. Yeah. yeah. Iconic. I mean, it's one of the 
biggest films in film history is Psycho. You know, mm -hmm. who hasn't heard of Psycho? And it's and in the horror genre, I mean, this is films across the board, but in the horror genre, it's got to be in the what top ten, top five oh, easy, yeah, of for all sure. time, right? For sure, yeah. So, so when Chris, I had worked with Chris before, uh, like maybe six months before that, on his film Frenzy Three. So he does he he does both fan films and he also does original material. So he there's this uh, series that he did uh, Frenzy. So he had Frenzy One, Two, and Three. So I was in Frenzy Three and I was playing a a, a grieving mother. Uh, who comes across this frenzy character played by Danny Scott, who I adore. She's fabulous, fabulous. And um, she's in a lot of Chris's films. So in fact, she just played uh, Martha, Martha, the mother of Batman, but as the Joker, Martha Joker. Anyway, that's another good one that Chris did recently. And I'm also going to be working with Chris again in a few months, we're doing a fan film called Men in Black West Coast. So I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, but back to Mother. Um, so when Chris uh, asked me to do Mother, um, first he had me uh, just do a reading for it. So I didn't realize that he wanted me for the role. I thought I was auditioning. So so I was reading it with him. And then I, I said, um, well, you know, let me know if you'd like me to play this role. And he says, Oh, you're it. And I'm like, Oh, 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 okay. I didn't, I didn't know you had decided for me to do it. And I was thrilled. And, I, and then I was like, Oh, I was having palpitations, especially like right before we shot it, because I'm like, Oh man, I gotta, I gotta really pull this off. If I don't pull this off, I'm going to hear about it. And not necessarily from Chris, but from, all the yeah there's a bunch of psycho of, fans yeah. all the millions of psycho fans and then then um so and then i did this uh this accent that i felt was um the right voice you know for me to do for you'll have to watch it now you know you have to um, i'm sorry you didn't get a chance to see it before this but that's okay you'll have to let me know if you how you like it so um yeah i was sweating it but i got a lot of just the best feedback and the actor that plays um anthony uh norman um is fabulous and the doctor so tom per, uh oh gosh per, how do you say his name Prepofsky. say it Prepofsky. yes yes i i love tom sorry tom Prepofsky. and then <laughs> I'm butchering everybody's names, <laughs> and then, um, and then of course, uh, uh, the guy who plays Norman. I'm having a brain fart. Help me. It, uh, Chris. Chris Bostrom. Oh gosh, see, I should have studied up on my own films before this interview. <laughs> I think COVID has rotten my has rotten my brain too, too much time off. No. Actually, I've been busy. I've been really busy, but um, yeah. So. Uh, yeah, they were fantastic. Oh, and uh, Chris Bostrom also won an award for playing uh, Norman. And uh, at the Without Your Head Severed Limbs Awards that were, I don't know, I think they had them. It was the number one awards. They've done three now. But anyway, um, I digress. Uh, 
Yeah, so I was so, so thrilled and so relieved that people really loved this film. They loved it. They were nuts. I, I've gotten so many accolades from this role, and I'm just so lucky. I mean, gosh, I'm just, I'm really, really fortunate that Chris, you know, did the film yeah. that he wanted to do this, and then he chose me to do this. So I'm, I'm really, I couldn't be more thrilled, really. So it's one of the, uh, it's, it's the most iconic roles I've played to date. I have hands down. I mean, you don't, you don't get much more iconic than Norman Bates' mother in a psycho fan film. Right. Right, for sure. So now everybody will have to find it. And and maybe you can put a link in the, uh, if you have a... Like, yeah, we'll find it on YouTube and we'll add it. I absolutely will. I'll probably reach out to this Chris to come on for an interview because yes. like I want to watch his entire... Because like I said, I just recently discovered how good fan films actually were. Because I remember watching a fan film in like the early 2000s and they weren't really... You could tell they were fan films, but some of the ones I've seen lately, you can't tell. Some of these fan films look totally professional. Kind of, they look like studio films. Yeah, these cameras on your phone do such a good job, too. It's amazing. Well, yeah, if you go that route, um, of course, Chris is using, you know, more, more you know, you know, traditional yeah, more professional stuff. Cameras. Yeah. You know, I can't say enough great things about Chris. Um, for one, he's a really, really down to earth, solidly nice guy. He's great to work with. He's a great director. Um, he knows what he wants. He, he's got it all worked out. Um, he makes his own posters. He, he's really good at like uh, photoshopping. And uh, he's just, he's amazing across the board. He um, also has a lot of feature film scripts that he's working on getting funded. So he's looking for investors. But um, I'm really, I'm really happy that I found him. I just, I just stumbled across him, and I, I actually reached out to him and I said, "Hey, you know, I just want to tell you, I love your work. You're great. You're, if you ever need someone like me, if you ever need me, let me know." So, uh, oh, you know what? That's not exactly how it happened. It was kind of like that. But what actually happened is he was looking for someone to play the grieving mother in Frenzy Three, and I had a friend who tagged me in his post, because I didn't know Chris before this. So, um, yeah, he tagged me, he said, Deborah Lamb. And then I looked at his post, I'm like, oh, okay. So that's when I reached out to him, and I said, hey, you know, um, if you'd like to use me, I'm around. So uh, then, as luck would have it, he wanted me for that role, and then I got to do Mother, and then I'm going to be doing this... Uh, Men in Black uh, West Coast fan film, so I'm really looking forward to That's that. And uh, and and then he's really he is so beyond ready to jump to doing feature films, but he his scripts uh, he needs like mega bucks, so he's not he's not gonna do anything like cheap and easy. It's gonna be major. So that's what he's been waiting for because he's got some major things. Obviously, so that is amazing. Um, yeah. So, Deb, what what do you got coming up next? Um. Oh well, I I tell you, I have been busier 
you're going to be this year. Yeah, believe it or not. So we had COVID, right? Mm-hmm. And everything shut down. I was starting. I was working on this one film. It's uh, my friend, my friend's film, Mark Pirro, who's an oh, Mark Pirro. I worked with in the eighties uh, or nineties. Actually, I think it was. 1990, maybe 89, uh, on Death Row Game Show. Hmm. So uh, that's one of my earlier films. And that's a really funny film, by the way. Um, so Mark Perot, we we were reconnected after many years of, you know, losing contact, but I was reconnected with him through Facebook uh, a few, several years ago. So I was lucky enough that he is is was well was because we're done now but he was making a film called the deceased won't desist which danny scott who is also in friends the frenzy films with chris uh she's in uh the deceased won't desist so we started working on it at the beginning of march and we were going to do another uh another weekend of shooting during march uh, but then it got the kibosh was put on there because of COVID. Also, we were going to shoot Men in Black West Coast with Chris, but that got postponed. So, um, so then we started the beginning of August. Uh, we started back up with the deceased won't desist, and then uh, so we did a few weekends of shoots for that, and then um, I just went to uh, work on it um, about a week and a half ago. Um, just recently, we had some pickup shots. So I'm done with that. Then in uh, towards the later part of August, I think it was, I'm, I can't keep track of time. But then I went to go to Grand Junction, Colorado to work on a family film called You Like to Draw. So I have to give a shout out to director Todd Ernest Braley, who's a very dear friend of mine. And um, that film is about a young woman um, dealing with uh, uh, having a traumatic brain injury from a car accident, and I'm her mother. So that is a fabulous film. So Todd's working on the editing of that right now. Then I went to Ohio to work with director Timothy O'Hearn. Have you heard of Timothy O'Hearn? Oh, you got to interview Timothy. He's great. So Timothy O'Hearn uh, had me come aboard this film called Showdown in Yesteryear. Now he did this short film version of Showdown in Yesteryear, which has won gobs of awards. It keeps winning awards. It's so good. It stars Jeff Grinnell, who also, of course, stars in the feature film version. So, uh, so I went there in Ohio, and then I worked with Aaron Bratcher, who also co-directed with Timothy O'Hearn, and he's the cinematographer, and then Jeffrey Grinnell, who's the star, and also Vernon Wells also mm-hmm. stars in the film, although we weren't there at the same time. So I just did that, and that was, uh, oh, when was that? That was September. Then, let's see, oh, then after that, oh, I went to Philadelphia, And I worked on two films there. And um, yep, I worked on a a witch of not, I can't talk about this. (laughs) So so it's actually a project for a filmmaker in London. So I I shot a lot of uh, some scenes in uh, Back East for a film 
that's a London film. And then we also shot uh, some scenes for another film that I'm working on. And then I came back and then I went to LA to finish up this deceased won't desist. So I've been literally just jumping on planes since the beginning of August, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. So now I get to take it easy because uh, the holidays are coming and I don't have anything scheduled during the holidays, but then it's back to work in January. <laughs> That's great. That's so I'm awful. busy, busy, busy. You sure are. I'm going to have to look up that director. Yeah, because Justin and I are in Columbus, Ohio. Oh, okay. He doesn't actually live in Ohio, but where <laughs> we shot it, he lives in uh, that makes sense. He lives in upstate New York, Timothy O'Hearn. But we shot it at this place called Dogwood Pass, which Jeff Grinnell, Jeff Grinnell actually um, also works there as a, um, as a, uh, what do you call it? A reenactment person. Okay, sure. At this Western town. So in Ohio, um, just uh, not too far from Columbus, Ohio, is this place called Dogwood Patch. And it's an old old time, turn of the century, Western town. And I mean, it's fantastic. Anybody making a Western, I I totally recommend them going to Dogwood Pass. So all you have to do is look up Dogwood Pass, uh, Western town, and you'll find it online. But the owners are really super sweet. They have horses, the star of Showdown in Yesteryear, Jeff Grinnell. Um, he has a horse that he keeps his horse there. And uh, there's all these buildings, like there's there, there's a whole town. There's a whole town there. So yeah, and then they have shows on the weekends. Now, while we were there, it was right before Halloween. So, or, you know, a couple weeks before Halloween and they were going, they were building a haunt behind the Western town. That's cool. Right behind That's it, cool. they were building this whole haunt. So it was really, you know, funny. <laughs> like there was this one night we were shooting these scenes and it was supposed to be, you know, kind of romantic. And uh, Jeff Grinnell and I are each other's love interest in the story. So we're looking at each other dreamily. And then in the background, I hear this. <laughs> this, this blood curdling scream like somebody's being murdered. And I'm like, so I'm looking at Jeff like, oh, and then all of a sudden I hear this scream like in the distance. And I'm like, and I'm like, what the the mood, kid. Was yeah. that? <laughs> and they're like, oh, they're rehearsing for the haunt. And I'm like, oh, okay. Oh, we're murdering people back here. Oh, it really did sound like somebody was getting murdered. So it was really funny. So we kind of had to work around that. And then the hammering and the yeah. and the power tools, you know, in the background. <laughs> really romantic stuff. Yeah. <laughs> but it was, it's going to be a beautiful film. It's going to be beautiful. I can't wait to check it out. I can't wait to check out Mother. Where can everybody find you online? Oh, easy. You can always, you know, be lazy and just Google me because everything comes up that way. And, uh, but there's, you know, Facebook, Deborah Lamb, there's, um, you know, I'm on Twitter, I'm on uh, Instagram, on Twitter and in Instagram, you can find me at the Deborah Lamb. 
It's just easy. Deborah Lamb. Look me up on IMDb. Check out my films. And oh, and I have a YouTube channel. I would love to get more subscribers on my YouTube channels. Like, um, and then I have different playlists. Like I have a playlist for my short films and music videos. So you can check those out. Just go to the playlist. I have a best of playlist. I have a Facebook Live, you know, for some a couple of the live things I've done. I have um, interviews, which you'll be added to the interviews playlist. Okay. And yeah, so just go in there. Mother's in there. My music videos are in there. Lots of fun videos are in there. Um, trailers from some of my different films are in there. Lots of stuff's in there. Awesome. Thank you again for coming on. I will definitely check it out. And everybody out there, Thanksgiving is in two days. So enjoy. Have a great day. Oh, and my day. birthday. My birthday is on well, happy Tuesday. Birthday. My birthday is coming up on the 24th. And then there's Thanksgiving on the 26th. That'll be tomorrow, guys. So make sure oh, you wish you a happy birthday. <laughs> Thank Have a great, you. Great day.